Today we continue our series for the season of Epiphany, Gifts That Keep On Giving, as we reflect on the gifts that the Christ child has brought uh, into our world and the gifts that continue to nourish us throughout our lives. Today we'll be exploring the gift of baptism as we celebrate the baptism of our Lord. And very appropriately, our lesson for this day is the story of Jesus being baptized by John in the Jordan. Each year on this day, though, we also, as we celebrate Jesus' baptism, we also reflect on our own. We reflect on what it means to be baptized. If you have yet to be baptized, I hope you please don't feel left out. Uh, baptism is the ultimate act of, of welcome and inclusion into the church. Uh, and so my, my hope for you during the, the, the sermon and, and themes is that you participate in everything and, and reflect on, on the meaning of the sacred act and, and consider uh, whether or not uh, it's uh, something you're feeling called to do. And I'd love the opportunity to talk with you following service about uh, you or your children uh, wanting to be baptized um, in the church. I invite you to listen now with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the third chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, beginning with the 13th verse. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so for now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Martin Luther, the former Augustinian monk, uh, had the bold act of nailing the 95 theses to the chapel door at the University of Wittenberg, an act that's looked to as the beginning of the Protestant Reformation. Luther lived through a number of trials and struggles, from the Diet of Worms, where he was formally excommunicated from the Catholic Church, to wars, and so on. It's safe to say that he faced some difficult and trying moments throughout life. Luther reflected in his writings that whenever he felt stressed or worried, he would boldly say to himself, I am baptized. While he was uh, doing the arduous task of translating the entire New Testament from Greek into German so that regular folks could read the Bible for the first time, during this long period which he locked himself away in a castle, attendance in that castle could hear Luther boldly yell these words as they echoed throughout the stone walls. I am baptized. I am baptized. Luther wrote that that there is on earth no greater comfort than baptism. So why did these words bring Luther so much comfort? Why does remembering one's baptism matter so much? These are the questions for us to wrestle with this morning as we reflect on our Lord's baptism and the gift of our own baptisms that he gives us. In our lesson, Matthew's gospel jumps from Jesus' return from Egypt as a child to his baptism as a fully grown adult in the Jordan, thus beginning his ministry. 
Jesus comes to John the Baptist, who is well into his ministry of preparing the Lord's way and offering a baptism of repentance. John is stunned to see that the one for whom he is prophesying comes to him to be baptized. But Jesus tells him that it must be so in order to fulfill righteousness. Theologically speaking, Jesus is without sin. So why would he need John's baptism of forgiveness? There are a number of different perspectives uh, to this question that scholars have posited. But the short answer to all of this is that he doesn't. Jesus, as fully human, fully divine, is without sin. So Jesus doesn't need John's baptism of forgiveness. Instead, he chooses it. Jesus chooses to be connected to us in this act, to show God's love and care for us in the person of Christ. It's an incarnational act of Jesus choosing to be with us, to share in humanness with us. This act begins Jesus' ministry in all four Gospels. And in the Christian life, baptism marks the beginning of one's journey of discipleship. By choosing to be baptized, though, Jesus also shows that baptism is about more than repentance and forgiveness. So, as Christians, we say that baptism is about experiencing God's grace and forgiveness through Christ. We talk about the outward sign of water signifying the inward reality of forgiveness, just as water washes our hands uh, clean and and, uh, nourishes us. This is why you see me at the font each week as we confess our sins and are assured of forgiveness. We also say that baptism represents our dying and rising with Christ. As we come out of the water, a new creation. The old life is gone, the new life has begun. But there's another aspect of baptism that I think is just as important, but it's one that we often overlook. And it's a reality that we all so badly need to hear and be reminded of time and time again, especially in the time in which we find ourselves today. So Jesus is baptized, and as he comes out of the water, we see the heavens open. The Spirit descends on Jesus like a dove, and the booming voice comes from above, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Through these wonderful words, God names Jesus as God's own. Jesus is God's own beloved Son, and through him we participate in the sacrament. In receiving baptism, we're reminded that we too are children of God, that we belong to God, that God has claimed us. The fancy theology term for this idea is adoption, and it certainly includes being adopted as a child of God, but it also means being adopted by the wider community, the church. We also call this being engrafted into the body of Christ. In other words, belonging to God means belonging to the body of Christ, belonging to the church. When we baptize someone, we as a church make promises to nurture them and be in fellowship with them as a community. These are serious promises, particularly when we make them for a child. As we say and promise that we will help their family guide them in learning who God is and that they are a beloved child of God. So baptism, along with forgiveness, is about belonging that we are children of God and part of the body of Christ. 
There's one little detail, one more detail in Jesus' baptism that's vitally important, but it's often overlooked. When Jesus comes out of the water, the voice from above says, This is my son, my beloved, with whom God is well pleased. Beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. These are words not just of belonging and inclusion, but of acceptance and love. And this acceptance and love is unconditional. There's nothing we can do to earn this love, and there's nothing we can do to lose it either. Baptism not only reminds us that we are children of God, but that we are beloved children of God. That like every aspect of creation so long ago, God calls each of us good, with whom I'm well pleased. Are we still broken and in need of redemption? Absolutely. But God loves us anyways. God loves us to our very being because God made and delights in each of us. As the psalmist says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. To be baptized, to remember your baptism, is an acknowledgement that God loves us as a unique person, fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image. I can't think of any other person who embodied this message and understanding of baptism than Fred Rogers, also known as Mr. Rogers. I, I know, I know, you've heard me talk about Mr. Rogers time and time again, and if there was a checklist on things, phrases to check off in Pastor Jim's sermons that happen a lot, a Mr. Rogers quote would definitely be in there, but uh, fair warning, you'll probably hear another one sometime. Rogers was an ordained Presbyterian minister, but he never actually pastored a church. The television, his songs, his puppets, these were all his pulpit. Though he never used the term baptism or even God, or rarely God, rather, he spent so much of his nearly 900 episodes of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood embodying this very message, which he so captured perfectly in one of his earliest songs, I Like You As You Are. Here's some of the words to the song. I like you as you are, exactly and precisely. I think you turned out just nicely. Later, I wouldn't try to change you or even rearrange you, not by far. I like you as you are. In an interview with the Protestant Hour, a radio show uh, decades ago, Rogers reflects this idea further, saying, Christianity, to me, is a matter of being accepted as we are. How often in the New Testament we read of Jesus' empathy for those people who felt their own lives to be imperfect, and the marvelous surprise and joy when they sensed his great acceptance. Friends, when we think about it, God calling us beloved children, with whom God is well pleased, is really just another way of saying and of God telling us, I like you just the way you are. This is what it means to remember your baptism, that you belong, that God loves you just as you are. Does that mean we're perfect? No. We're still the same broken, sinful people in need of redemption. But God in Christ loves us anyways and claims us anyways. Baptism is our way of remembering this unconditional, redemptive love of God. 
Fred Rogers was so aware of this that he embodied it in his ministry and shared it with millions of children over the years, including this one, reminding us that we belong, that we are accepted just as we are. Whether we're children or adults, this is a message we so badly need to hear today. As we're constantly hearing from advertisements, social media, and even from ourselves, that we aren't enough, that we don't belong, that we're not lovable. Baptism, friends, tells us the exact opposite. Baptism tells us that we belong, that we are enough, and are loved as we are by the very God who created us and all of creation. This unconditional love and feeling of belonging empowers us to live out our baptism by sharing this unconditional love and acceptance with our neighbors. Jesus choosing baptism paves the way for the gift of our baptism. It truly is a gift because there's nothing we have done or can do to earn this baptism. And this is a gift that keeps giving throughout the Christian life, reminding us that we are forgiven that we are new creations, that we belong to God and God loves us just as we are. Think back to Luther. When he was yelling, I am baptized through his trials and stresses, he was reminding himself that he belonged to God, despite what any ecclesial authority told him, and that this God loves him no matter what, just as he is. Friends, may we join Luther in his bold affirmation I am baptized. May we remember that we too have been cleansed and claimed by these waters, that through Christ God has said to each of us, you are my child, my beloved, with you I am well pleased. There's nothing we can do to earn this acceptance and there's nothing we can do to lose it either. Like Rogers, may our baptism empower us to find ways to embody this unconditional love and acceptance to the community, that all may know the transformational love of God we know in Christ. So remember, no matter what, child of God, you belong, and God loves you just as you are. Amen.